eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 17 weeks, 4 quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one winning Winning drive. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Winning Drive podcast. I am Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, co-host of the Glenn and Rita show on 105.7 The Fam with my guy Cordell Woodland from Shaking It Up Sports and the Ravens reporter for 105.7 The Fam. And Cordell, we got the news that Justin Houston, who had been with the Ravens for the past couple of seasons, signed a one-year deal with the Carolina Panthers. Um, So he is off the market as uh, as of right now. There was a lot of fans that wanted to see Houston return just to add some depth uh, at the outside linebacker position um, to help with the pass rush. So there's three departures we've seen um, thus far. It is Justin Houston, Calais Campbell, Marcus Peters on defense. When you look at these three guys, um, which one do you feel is the most impactful um, loss for the Ravens this off season. Yeah. I mean, you is probably easy to look at it and say Houston, as he led the team in sacks last year by what about five sacks. Uh, but for me, it's Calais Campbell. I, I think it's Calais Campbell in the middle of that interior defensive line. Calais, Calais had, he wore a couple of hats. Um, he's the run stopper for the defense, and we saw what they looked like last year a couple of times without Calais out there. They weren't the same run-stopping team. Um, You talk about what he brings on special teams. He's the guy, you know, the big man in the middle. On the field goal blocks, he's got his hands up there. You talk about what he he means to the locker room on the sidelines. He's he's the leader on that side of the ball. He's a a man of the year winner. He's a man of the year NFL, Walter Payton man of the year nominee. I mean, he is, he is everything for them on and off the field. Um, And to be honest, I'm not going to sit here and act like Calais was still a spring chicken, but I thought Calais showed to, to have a a nice amount left in the tank 
uh, going into last year. And um, he still was, what, second on the team in sacks at five and a half. I mean, I just look at Calais and I don't – I think it's going to be tough to fill that void. I mean, they've got Matt Abike and Broderick Washington and Travis Jones and Brent Urban and Michael Pierce and those guys in the middle. So they do have depth there. Um, but it's going to be a lot of responsibility put on guys like Matt Abike and Broderick Washington now that wasn't put on them before. Can can they handle that? We'll see. And look, the same could be said for the edge rushers with Justin Houston gone. Now a lot's going to be put on the Jabo and, and Owe and same with Peters gone. Now you're going to put a lot on Rocky Sin and Jalen Armour Davis and all those corners that they have there. You can say the same for all three of those cases for sure. Um, but I just look at Justin, uh, I look at Calais Campbell and just everything he meant to this team on and off the field. I, I think that's going to be a big void um, that they're going to have to try to make up. And I know a lot of people were asking about Justin Houston. I've been saying for a while now, I think that ship has sailed. Same with Peters, who obviously signed before Houston did with the Raiders. But I, I felt like the Houston thing was kind of something that's, not going to happen the longer we went into this. And there's reasons to say maybe they should have kicked the tires on Houston again. You would imagine now with David Ajabo out there um, that his snap count wouldn't be as high as it was last year. And I think we saw how he kind of wore down as the year went on. This year, you can make the argument that less would be more with him. Less, maybe you get more productivity from Justin Houston. And I could buy that. And then you throw on there that Tyus Bowser is still dealing with an injury and still hasn't made his way back. I'm becoming more and more concerned about Bowser by the day, to be honest with you, because we saw him at least working out on the field during minicamp. I haven't seen him at all during training camp, besides when we saw him walk into the building day one with the wrap knee. So I'm a little worried about that. So I could, if anybody was to say Justin Houston is probably the bigger loss because of their concern for Bowser, I could buy that. Um, but in terms of of, of just – I said this before. I would rather get out too, too early than get out too late. And they you, they brought Justin Houston in the last two years. You, they, they got a lot out of him last year. I don't know if Justin Houston can top 10 and a half sacks at this stage of his career. I don't yeah. really know that. Um, so I, if, if I'm the Ravens, I would feel comfortable that – I probably got the last few good years out of Justin Houston. Not to say that he still can't be serviceable uh, for Carolina. I think he will be. Um, But again, you run the risk of bringing him back and then it's like, okay, he is done. And you, you don't want to, you don't want to be in that situation. So I'm going to go with Calais, um, but I'm not surprised to see Houston go. Yeah, I'm also going to go with Calais. Um, I know what this team looked like when Calais was coming out of the game, whether it be due to rest or due to injury. And it felt like opposing um, running games somehow, some way got immediately better when he was not on the field. Um, But from a depth perspective, because at the end of the day, while Calais to me was extremely impactful, there are guys that I think that we can agree that we believe that are going to set up for big years, mainly because these are their contract years. So I think that the defensive line will be good in that regard. Um, but in terms of depth, I I go with Marcus Peters. And, and I am a person too, Cordell, that struggled with 
Marcus Peters last year. You know, I, I was very critical of Marcus Peters last year. Um, he didn't play well. And I know that he had been coming back from a knee injury. It's very possible that Peters wasn't 100% out there and that maybe this year he'll be just fine. Um, but, you know, he struggled. That being said, you know, I, I, look, I know that the Ravens got Yassin in free agency. I know that they went into the draft and got uh, Caillou Blue Kelly. And I, I know that there's other guys on the roster. But that is, to me, the one of the positions with the biggest question mark because of Pepe Williams and because of Jalen Armand Davis. So from a depth perspective, I'll say Marcus Peters because at the very least, you know what you're getting with MP, mm-hmm. right? Um, with some of these other guys, we really don't know. With Yasin, we can only go by what he previously did on another team. And the resume of the other younger players that I mentioned, well, Kelly is a rookie, so we don't know yet. Um, and the uh, Pepe Williams and Jalen Arma Davis, we know that, you know, was dealing with some injuries and they didn't play at a really, you know, a, a great level last year when they did get some playing time. Brandon Stevens is another guy that, you know, he's had some moments where he played well. He has some moments when he struggled. So um, I'd say that from a depth perspective, I'm going with MP, but from an impact perspective, I'm definitely going with Calais because I saw a noticeable difference when he wasn't on the field. I definitely think that Justin Houston's absence now that he's gone elsewhere, I think he'll be missed. And I agree with you that less is more. So he wasn't going to get as much playing time, but because of his age, him not having to play two or sometimes three downs would have been helpful for the Ravens. If you needed a job or a way for that matter to come in and, and, and get a breather. So you're going to miss that that part of it. Um, And you know that he plays at a high level. The Panthers paid him handsomely as a result um, at at his age. But I, you know, I definitely think that he will be missed. I don't know if he will be missed as much as we saw in terms of Calais um, or the depth in Marcus Peters. But I definitely think that that's a guy that, that this team will miss not only because of what he did on the field, but he was also a leader off the field you know, very um, strong in his faith, something that, you know, that he was very, um, he was, it was very important to him to help younger players. And he talked about that. And sometimes you need that, you need that mentor that's going to help you navigate through the NFL. So that's something that they're going to miss as well. Yeah. And look, make no mistake about it. They're going to miss all three of these guys. Absolutely. All three bona fide starters for them the last few years. They're, they're going to miss all of them. And, Outside of the D-line situation with Calais, like you said, they do have depth issues at outside linebacker, at cornerback as well. So they're still looking for their for the other corner. I mean, Rockison is, pro- is most likely going to be that guy, but right now he's hurt, and it's kind of a toss-up for who's going to be out there right now. So there's pretty much an open competition for that cornerback spot. And even be even if Rockison is out there, you don't feel that great about the cornerback position with the Ravens right now. Yep. They, they are lacking de- they're lacking veteran depth. They're yep. lacking starter caliber players. Um and I do you know I, I do wonder is that going to be something that comes back to bite them at some point in the year, the fact that they didn't address the cornerback position this year. Outside linebacker, edge rusher Like I said, I think that really is going to depend on how healthy Tyus Bowser will be 
for them this year and what Tyus Bowser they're going to get even once he is. Yep. Um, what Adafi Owe are they going to get this year? Can David Is David Ajabo going to meet everybody's expectations? I mean, it, it's definitely a lot of question marks there but there is some optimism there as well with the young boys and I don't I don't blame them for wanting to see what the young boys can do look they've got a first round pick invested in Dafe Owe and a second rounder invested in uh in David Ajabo like they they want to see what these young boys can do and I think that's kind of the common factor here when you look at all three of those guys that are gone they're moving on from veterans that are in the last phase of their career And they're going to younger guys that are still kind of in that first chapter of their career uh, at all three of those levels. So we'll see if it works out for them going going younger. Um, But at some point they have to do that, especially now that they're in the Lamar contract there. They've got to they've got to see what these young guys can do. Absolutely. And, you know, it's time. It's time to try to utilize the youth that you do have. And look, that's not going to be for long. Because we know that Travis Jones is the only one on the defensive line that is going to be here after this year. The other guys are up for contract. So um, it is best to utilize what you have to see if those are guys that you could potentially keep or if they outprice themselves, you know, then it is what it is. But all three of those guys, like you said, will be missed um, in some degree. And so, you know, we wish Justin Houston the best. Um, I had an opportunity to, to talk to him a few times, get to know him. He's a great guy, Calais as well. Uh, Marcus Peters, we know, is a very interesting guy. Mm-hmm. And so he doesn't really let people get close to him that much. But uh, his presence, I'm sure, because as we heard numerous times, he plays like a raven, will be missed. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So there was a lot of talk, Cordell, this past weekend about the Ravens and the offense. Um, On Saturday's practice, they were doing some third and long type simulations on the field and didn't come out very well. Uh, They had a total of nine interceptions um, during these practices in which Lamar Jackson seemed very frustrated. He allegedly learned how to do his best Sam Cooke impression Mm -hmm. by punting the ball away, (laughs) or Jordan Stout, whichever one you would prefer, um, by punting the ball away in frustration um, during one of uh, his picks. And so uh, it's been getting a lot of conversation in social media land. Um, Glenn and I talked about this on our show on Sunday. We really don't think that this is a big deal. Um, And I saw a lot of comparisons to what Dak Prescott is dealing with in Dallas. And I'd like to argue that, you know, what Dak Prescott has going on is that he plays for the Dallas Cowboys, who consider themselves to be America's team. So unfortunately for him, everything is going to be magnified. But for this specific situation, listen, I don't really care. I mean, yes, I care. But I don't care because we know that this is a new offense. 
We know that this is new players. We know that all of the players are not even on the field at this moment. I feel like training camp is for this, for you to work the kinks out, for you to make the mistakes. So then when the real game comes, you don't make those types of mistakes. So am I tripping here? Should I be concerned? Were you concerned or are you just like, well, you know, on Allen Iverson, it's practice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, first off to Dak, it's it's different for him be considering he led the NFL in interceptions exactly. last year. And I believe Dak missed what five games last year. And so, and he guaranteed that he would drop down on the interceptions this year. So Dak has a, it's a lot of context with that. Um, I would also say, yeah, look, they, they threw the nine interceptions Saturday. Lamar threw four of them. Lamar threw one pick leading up to Saturday. It hasn't been an interception fest at these Ravens training camps. Saturday was a different situation. And at the end of the day, Harb said that the offense still won the practice somehow by their own scoring system. And we as the media still have not been able to figure out the Ravens scoring system uh, for practice just yet. Um, but Look, I'm I'm not overly worried. Number one, for the reason that I just named, it's not like it's been an interception fest all training camp or even all offseason. I can't right. how many times I saw Lamar throw an interception during minicamp. Probably none, if I'm being honest. I, actually, I think I saw him throw one in minicamp just off the top of my head. And like I said, I've seen him throw one in training camp leading up to Saturday. It's third and longs. I've seen Lamar at times just throw some passes in these – team drills in training camp where I'd like to think he's not going to throw that in the game. Right. Uh, he he will test some things out. He will throw the ball in double coverage sometimes every, not every rep, but just every now and then he will just take a shot deep to see if his guy can go make a play or something like that. Uh, but all in all, and even with that situation, you got to take some of this stuff with a grain of salt. Um, it's, it's the time of year to test things out. It's that time of year where, you know, certain aspects of the drill uh, may be tailored to the defense and kind of like how this one was where a lot of third and longs. Uh, so they're going to have to throw the ball in uh, unfavorable situations for the offense. I, it's something I don't want to act like it's nothing right. Turning right. the ball over that much is never a good thing. Right. But I will say it's it hasn't been the offense that I've seen. Now, there have been times, I, I will say, ever since maybe maybe Wednesday, maybe Tuesday or Wednesday of last week, the offense had kind of been trending down a little bit. There, the defense had definitely started to uh, take over practice. Um, the one thing from the offense that I feel like has been lacking so far is the deep plays. We haven't seen the big plays just yet in the offense in practice. And I think maybe they're going to rely a lot on Yak. Uh, that's something that's pretty much known now. Um, but they do want to hit on some of their home run plays. And so far in practice, it has been a struggle for them to do that. I can't tell you. Uh, how many is it's probably been no more than like two big plays uh and for the offense so far at least for the starting offense so that's kind of the one thing I'm looking for from them hopefully that that's something that sh starts to show up this week more consistency on the deep ball more consistency on the home run plays um because right now 
it's been it's been them kind of taking with defense with the defense gives them on the underneath some shallow to intermediate stuff, but for the most part, it, it's been underneath. So, all I say all that to say, look, it, it's it's training camp still early in training camp. They haven't even played a preseason game yet to yep. prepare for that this week. Uh, nine interceptions in a day is not great by any metric. I don't care what the what you're measuring it by, but I would also keep it in context and say. You know, it's still practice. It's still something that is controlled by the coaching staff so they can control the dynamics. So in that case, they made it more favorable for the defense and it was the results that you got. I agree with that. I, You know, look, my level of concern on the scale of one to 10 is a two. You know, um, I just don't know why, you know, while I do understand why people are up in arms about it, um, I just feel I've always said this, Cordell, and, and I've said this on this podcast many a times, we're going to have to give this offense some grace. There's a lot of different moving parts in this offense, and it's going to take time. And I believe that it's going to potentially linger on into the first few weeks of the season. That's my belief in that. Um, and then I think eventually they'll get rolling, but that's going to be, you know, something that they're going to be dealing with. The part that I think is very interesting though, is that while everybody is so concerned about the offense, how come we're not giving the defense their flowers? They've played well. I mean, wouldn't, don't you want that? Don't you want to be like the silver lining in this is, is that in third and long situations, we expect this defense to be playing at a really high level. And so you see some positivity in that. This team, from an offensive perspective, has too many playmakers, in my opinion, including the quarterback, for me to be concerned about, you know, how they're going to get moving in offense. I think that they'll find their niche. I think they'll they'll be fine. Um, But to me, seeing this defense rise up to the occasion is the bigger story that we should be celebrating. And that's the part that I think that I'm confused as to why we haven't spun this around a little bit and say, aren't you proud to see that they're playing at a, at a high level against an offense that we expect to be high powered? Uh, so that's my take on this is that the defense just showed up that day. You know, they were in a position that they could play well and they did just that, um, you know, practices for these things. Yeah. Okay. He threw a lot of interceptions. Fine. If he throws four picks in a game, like he's done before against Cleveland, you got to be concerned, although he did win that game. They did win that game. Mm-hmm. Um, but but as of right now, this is just them trying to figure out what works and what doesn't. And guess what they learned? What that they, what they did on that play that was the pick didn't work in that situation. Nothing more, nothing less. That's all I got from this. Yeah, and look, like you say, definitely got to give some credit to the defensive guys. I've been talking Marcus Williams up all offseason, and he seems to be that forgotten guy. He got two yep. of the interceptions on that day. Kyle Hamilton got an interception as well. So, I, that, I mean, they do have a lot of playmakers on the defense, despite the holes that they do have over there. But what's more concerning for me on the offensive end Everybody's looking at the interceptions, and I get it. The interceptions are definitely glaring. Nine interceptions uh, on the day is not great. But it's the six false starts for me that are concerning. I mean, that's a pre-snap situation. I don't care if it's third and long, third and short, first and ten. Six false starts should yeah. not happen. 
I that, agree. That, that's something that could carry over. I don't know if nine interceptions on a day is necessarily going to carry over, but the false starts, the pre-snap penalties, that's all mental stuff right there. That That is a little bit of a problem. And the false stars have been kind of piling up a little bit uh, the last few days leading up to Saturday. So, so to be honest, that's something that's more concerning to me than the interceptions just because I, Lamar is not a interception type of guy. He hasn't been that in his career. I mean, I'm not going to act like they haven't, they haven't maybe picked up since 2019, but he is not a, a, a consistent four interception, a game type of dude. I, I don't have any concern uh, about that going forward, but the pre-snap penalties, that's something that, that would concern me. I agree. And, and so, like you said, I, I just don't have, I don't have much of a concern about the picks. Yes. I think that you do need to be concerned about what the offensive line is doing from, from that situation, but you know, this is camp. This is the time to to, to work on the kinks and, and get those things uh, taken care of. So I want everybody to calm down. It's going to be okay. You know, again, give this team some grace. They're going to struggle. I saw people make some jokes, Cordell, and, and say and Lamar's about to be Jameis Winston because, as we know, Todd Munkin had Jameis Winston when he was in Tampa. And I don't think it's going to be that, but, you know, the jokes were funny. So <laughs> I'm just I, – I don't think it'll be that. Calm down. Everything will be all right. All right, so as we know, uh, they are doing the top 100 on NFL Network in terms of players and the Ravens have had quite a few guys on there. They had, uh, they had Marlon Humphrey at number 92. They've sprinkled in Lamar Jackson. They sprinkled in uh, Mark Andrews. And one of the top players that they've had is Roquan Smith. And he came in at number 24. Um, so they have him ranked higher than Lamar, higher than Mark Andrews higher than Marlon Humphrey. So this leads to this question, Cordell. They have him listed higher than other players on his team. Do you think that Roquan player, mm. Roquan Smith, mm. <laughs> Ro are we going to start calling Roquan player? Uh, Roquan Smith mm -hmm. is the best player currently on this Ravens roster. No. I, and I'm a big Roquan Smith guy. I am I'm too. a huge Roquan Smith guy, but Roquan Smith is not the best player on the Ravens and not by as big of a gap as they have it. Roquan Smith uh, was put in at what, 24? And the person that I believe is the best player on the Ravens, Lamar Jackson, was put in at 72. Yeah. There's no way it's that big of a gap between Roquan Smith and Lamar Jackson. It's, it's just no way. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know why we're trying to reinvent the wheel here with this list. And I, I don't pay attention to this list. I, I want to use that as a, as a disclaimer. I don't, um, but it's here for us to talk about. And that's what we're going to do. Roquan Smith is not better than Lamar Jackson. If right. Lamar Jackson doesn't play a game this season, and Roquan Smith plays every game this season, the Ravens may not make the playoffs. I'm just being honest with you. Yep. They are not the same type of team if Lamar Jackson is not at quarterback. The drop-off from Lamar Jackson to the backup quarterback is substantially more than 
the drop off from Roquan Smith to Patrick Queen, in my opinion, right now. Um, I don't look, I mean, and how many teams are you really going to say that the middle linebacker is the best player on the team? It's not many teams you can say that for. And I definitely don't believe that the Ravens would be one of those teams. I mean, Lamar Jackson this year, I believe if he plays at least 15 games this year, Lamar Jackson is going to throw for 4,000 yards and he's going to rush 4,000 yards. Yeah, He's going to do something that we haven't seen done in this league by a mobile quarterback or by any quarterback for that matter. I don't think you can say that Roquan Smith is not only the best player on this team, but 50, close to 50 slots better than Lamar Jackson. In what world? I mean, I get he's missed the, last, the back end of the last two years. I get he hasn't been the same quarterback that he was in 2019. But you can't tell me he isn't still one of the best game changers in this league. You can't tell me that this isn't still a dude that can put his team on his back and, and lead them not only for a couple of weeks but for a whole year. I just, I, as great as Roquan is, and I think the world of Roquan Smith, I truly do. Is he the best player on the defense? Potentially, potentially. Between him and Marlon, I would I would say potentially. Um, but on the team, no. I For me, on, when you look at this team, it's Lamar Jackson and then it's the field. That's, that's just how I look at it. Yep, I agree with you 110%. This is why I don't love this top 100 list um, because I think people are very biased and I think that there's some recency bias that comes with this. So Lamar, in my opinion, is at 72 because Lamar missed, uh, what, six games at the end of the season last year. And I think that that plays a big role into why he's at 72. I think if he completes the year, uh, they have a there's a different conversation to be had because the Ravens are probably in a, a better position. They potentially win the game against the Bengals, who, you know, they, they needed a turnover to win that playoff game the Bengals did. Um, but the, your point is absolutely valid. When Lamar is on the field, they win. And that's just the bottom line of it. Um, and so while Roquan is a very important piece of this defense and I don't think you or myself will ever take that away from him. We have to acknowledge the fact that, you know, they could potentially look, they were winning without Roquan when he wasn't there. You know what I mean? Um, and so he's impactful, but not in the same impact that Lamar has. He's impactful in terms of what this defense can do, but Lamar is impactful in terms of what this team can do in wins and losses which to me is a greater impact. So what we're not going to do is just because Lamar missed, uh, you know, a chunk of the end of the year, we're going to rate him lower because you just didn't see him play at the end of the year. We all know what this team looks like when Lamar is not there. And that's the difference between Lamar Jackson and Roquan. I'd even argue that, you know, Mark Andrews is higher because of the impact that he has and the chemistry that he has with Lamar Jackson, something that is very important to this team's success. A big part of Lamar's success is Mark Andrews. So I would think that those two 
are much more impactful players in terms of what this team does from a win-loss perspective in terms of Roquan. And that's no disrespect to Roquan Smith at all. None. None. I mean, it's just it's just a fact. Like I said, how many teams are you really saying that the middle linebacker is the best player on that team? Right. And then show me that team's quarterback. I mean, come on. It's, it's just the line. Look at the pay, you know, and I'm not saying that the salary should dictate who's better. But just when you're talking about impact, there's a reason you're not paying two inside linebackers the way that you're going to pay one quarterback. It's just. It's a reason for that. It's great as Roquan is, and he definitely made an impact on this team last year. They were a totally different defense with Roquan Smith out there. Um, but they're a totally different team when Lamar Jackson's on the field. And yep. I, I just I just don't think if by sitting here watching the Ravens as much as we have that we can honestly sit here and say that Roquan Smith is the best player on the team. One of the best players on the team – Absolutely. Absolutely. No doubt about it. Big one of the hugest uh, impact players they have on this team. Um, I'm excited to see what Roquan can do with the Ravens after getting a full offseason with them this year. But come on, it's it's still Lamar Jackson is the reason Ravens Ravens fans have the optimism that they have. I mean, he's a big reason as to why I know PSL owners and I've talked to a couple of them that were like, they really waited until they saw what happened with Lamar's contract. Yep. They decided to renew Roquan Smith had already gotten his long-term deal. He had all, he was already going to be a part of this dude, a part of this team. People are coming there to see number eight. And again, no disrespect to Roquan. I just think it's these lists that, and this is a, this is done by the player supposedly. So, I mean, I guess some of it is probably recency bias, and I get it. Lamar's not there the last two years, the back end of the last two years. Right. I totally understand that. Um, but at his best, it's, it's, it's still Lamar Jackson for me on this team. Absolutely, 110%. And, and, and you made a valid point. I know a lot of people that were waiting in terms of renewing um, their their season tickets because of the Lamar situation. Nobody said that for Roquan. They was absolutely waiting to see what the quarterback situation was going to look like. And so that tells you what people know on this team is the impact player. So uh, we love you, Roquan. We think you are a fantastic linebacker. I am extremely glad that you are the linebacker for the Baltimore Ravens. But what we're not going to do is act like Lamar is not impactful impactful for what this team does on a win-loss basis so there's that we want to thank you all for listening to the podcast i'm sure cordell will be out uh at the facility this week yes i will okay weather's been good um so no complaints on the weather so far this year um so yeah this will be the first week that they're actually getting ready for a game now with the eagles preseason game on saturday at mnt so uh, I'm expecting a, a much sharper week of practice fr- from the offense. Absolutely. So we will look forward to hearing from you in terms of what you've seen. Hopefully it is not nine interceptions <laughs> like <laughs> right. we heard this past weekend uh, and that we'll get some more positive feedback for what the offense is doing. We want to thank you all for listening. So from Cordell to me, this is Winning Drive. Uh, 
2400 Sports is an Odyssey company.